0: The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga 960. A real pleasure of mine tonight to introduce you to a young lady who's the daughter of a gentleman I have an unbelievable amount of respect for, uh, John Katrizola, who I've uh, Cattrizola, I apologize, who I've interviewed before and I've learned a lot from. His daughter, uh, or is it daughter-in-law?
1: Daughter-in-law.
0: Daughter-in-law, Carolina Katrizola yeah. uh, is uh, an incredibly interesting person because she started um, becoming a children's author after 20 years of working as a professional healthcare provider. Uh, she decided to to start this self-publishing journey in 2014. In March 2020, the third book in her picture book series was uh, released. She was featured on Storytime with Fergie and Friends, created by the Duchess of York. And in 2020, read her story, The Advan- The Adventures of Posh Princess in the Magical Fashion Chamber, and has also been featured on several local television shows and newspaper. Carolina is thrilled to launch her newest story, Cool to Be Kind. It has been featured in BC Parent Magazine and was winner in the Canadian Book Awards. How are you? Welcome to our show. Carolina, how Great. are you?
2: thank you. So nice to talk to you this evening. So tell me, how did
0: you get into dropping 20 years as a healthcare professional and become an author?
2: Um, It's a crazy story. When I actually graduated from dental hygiene, I told myself that, you know what, I'm going to give this like 20 years, and then I want to write kids' books. Um, As a child, I really loved just reading stories, writing stories. It's always been a passion of mine. I had like a huge binder filled with all these children's stories. I don't know where it is now, but. So yeah, and just having three kids of my own every time we were driving from here to there, they'd be like, mommy, tell me a story. So it's just, I think it's just in my blood. (laughs) I love writing stories.
0: And so did you still keep your job when you started writing the first story? Did you quit right away and know that this was your passion?
2: Uh, No, I kept working. So I, um, I published my first story of The Adventures of Posh Princess in 2014 and I actually retired from dental hygiene in 2019.
0: And now you're a full-time author.
1: Yeah, full-time author,
2: yeah. Fantastic, and
0: so what was this that uh, um, Fergie was involved in?
1: Yes,
2: so um, I had heard that she had a YouTube channel where she did a story time, sometimes she read the book, sometimes she would have authors come on and read their own stories. So I just, um, I actually just reached out to her on Instagram And within 20 minutes, her assistant got back to me and she says the Duchess would love if you would read your story. So that's how that happened. So I recorded myself reading my story and it's been great. I had uh, a
0: lot of good sent it to her and she put it on her podcast or something?
2: On her YouTube channel.
0: On her YouTube channel, fantastic. Yeah. And this was a story that you had written that had the name Fergie in it as well.
2: It didn't have the name Fergie, but um, it was my latest a book in my Posh Princess series. It was called The Adventures of Posh Princess at the Magical Fashion Chamber. So that series, it's it's all about fun and adventure, but each story has a really valuable lesson for kids. So in that story in particular, it was all about being yourself, being true to yourself. It was about a little girl who didn't want to dress like a princess. She was more, you know, sporty. So she got a transformation. (laughs) And what, started to dress like a princess? No, she started to dress in shorts and a baseball cap <laughs> because she she wasn't being true to herself wearing these poofy dresses. So, um, yeah, she got a, a fashion makeover by the queen. And then she was happy. She was finally being true to herself and she didn't have to run around in a poofy dress playing soccer.
0: <laughs> well, you know what, Fergie, I guess uh, the, the Duchess uh, was sort of like that, maybe a little bit.
2: Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, she's also an author. She writes children's books, so. I did not know that.
0: Um, And so how many books
2: have you
1: written? So in total um, four books and I just released my latest, the uh, cool to be kind, which is completely separate from my, my other series.
0: And why, why uh, this new cool to be kind?
1: Um, I actually wrote it about probably five, six years ago. And I tucked it away. Um, My kids were having a little bit of trouble in school with some bullying um, so I went to my local store, bookstore, and there was literally one book on the topic of bullying. I think it was like Berenstein Bears. So then I looked online and there were, there were a few books, but they were all about, you know, standing up to bullies and kind of giving bullies a bad rep, um, which, I mean, bullying is never okay. But in my mind, I feel like these children who are bullying, it's, it's a cry for help, I think right? So we need to show them empathy. We need to give them support. We need to help them get to the root of their problems um, in order to help them break their cycle of bullying. So I wanted to show that side in my story,
0: to just promote
1: kindness and empathy.
0: That's a very adult kind of attitude. How do kids show this empathy to a bully? Um,
1: Well, you know what? They need support from their parents. I think it starts at home. You have to have these conversations with them like I did with my kids. Um, Whenever my kids would come home and say, oh, you know what, so-and-so did this to me. The first thing I would say was, you know what? You don't know what they're going through. They could be having problems at home. Like something, something is hurting them inside that is making them act like this. So I always say, forgive them be their friend, show them love, and they can't resist you. When you're nice to someone, it's really hard to be mean to someone (laughs) when you're constantly showing them kindness, right? It's like that kill them with kindness.
0: (laughs) And cool is spelt wrong. Why cool is spelt wrong?
1: You know what? I just kind of like the alliteration, the cool to be kind, the K in the K. I just thought to be different, right? Why always, you know, go along with the norm, be different. Different is awesome.
0: And if people want to uh, get this book, how do they get it? Is it on Amazon or uh, Indigo or where where do you find it?
1: Yes, it's actually online everywhere that books are sold around the world. So Amazon, Chapters, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, anywhere. And it's also available in a few local stores. Um, there are signed copies. So you can find it at um, Bachi Gifts in Brampton, Dean & Co. in Georgetown, um, Shoreline Variety and Gifts in Oakville. So there's several stores where if you want a signed copy, you can get an autographed copy.
0: Caroline Cutrizolo, um, who is yeah. the author of Cool to Be Kind, a book that you can get, um, which is a, a book about, uh, I guess, a little bit of anti-bullying, but showing some empathy for the bully and how do you deal with that. Uh, we're going to take a break for some messages and come back more uh, with Carolina in just a minute. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Well, welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio, where we're on Saga 960. We're chatting tonight with uh, Carolina Cutrizzolo. She's a mother of three and she's a children's author. And uh, she's just uh, told us about her latest uh, picture book uh, for kids called Cool to Be Kind. And uh, it's a book about bullying, but you show empathy for the bully. Um, Tell me, you've also got a cool to be kind club. Is that true? I understand.
1: Um, Yes. So um, with this book, I wanted to kind of flip the switch because with my research on the topic of bullying um, over and over again, I was reading that zero tolerance and punishment towards bullies was really having, not much of an effect on decreasing the incidence of childhood bullying. So I thought, why not take a more positive approach? So I created this uh, cool to be kind club that I'm hoping will be implemented in schools all around the world in every class in elementary schools. And it's very simple. Um, Each class will have to get a box and name it box of kindness. And at the end of every day, both teacher and student um, will have to just jot down a few acts of kindness that they've done for the day. So by the end of the month, that box should be like exploding with acts of kindness and that will deserve a celebration. So um, the kids can vote on a theme, they can bring in a buck or two and they can have like school safe snacks um, and they can, you know, decide on that as well. So it just, I'm hoping it will inspire them to be the kindest version of themselves and to just help them to be more mindful, you know, of, of their day-to-day activities, you know, to um, extend kindness whenever they can and they know that they'll get this this nice reward at the end of the month (laughs) right it'll inspire
0: them i gotta tell you i think it's fantastic i um i interviewed a buddhist monk he calls himself the urban buddhist monk and he talks about kindfulness which Mm -hmm. is the combination of kindness and mindfulness and that's what you're talking about
1: Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. thinks that it's it's the secret
0: to success in our world
1: yeah yeah so i'm hoping it will make a difference
0: how did you come across this concept and why it's you know, better or different than, uh, than sort of the zero tolerance?
1: Uh, well, because, just because for the fact that it wasn't uh, making a difference, right? It's kind of just like putting a Band-Aid on a wound, right? Without cleaning it out. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just thought it will, it'll just put a positive spin on things. Because this zero tolerance and punishment, I think it's only fueling the fire for these little kids. Like it's, it's not helping them at all. Right. So maybe if, if you give them something to look forward to and say, hey, you know what? You do some good things. You're going to get a reward for it. And they are like, oh, OK, like they'll be on board for that.
0: <laughs> Could you read something from your book for us?
1: Um, sure. What would you like me to read? Just a, a page or two. Yeah. Would you like me to read the summary in the back that kind of wraps sure. the whole book? OK. So Charlie, the friendliest boy in school and president of the Cool to be Kind Club, is eager to become a friend to Pat, the new kid in class. However, he soon realizes that this is not an easy task. Regardless of how many times Charlie tries to win him over with kindness and cookies, Pat continues to bully him. Just as Charlie is ready to give up on the idea of being Pat's friend, he's surprised to discover why Pat was being a bully in the first place. By understanding Pat's point of view, Charlie forgives Pat and is proud to help his new friend break his cycle of bullying. Cool To Be Kind is an uplifting children's picture book that shines a powerful light on bullying. By encouraging a shift from reacting to bullying to proacting with kindness and empathy, this story will inspire a ripple effect, thus helping to decrease the incidence of childhood bullying.
0: Wonderful. That's, a, I think, a fantastic uh Message for, uh, for everyone, uh, kids and, yeah. and, and adults, frankly, to, uh, to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Now, thank your other you. books were part of a series, and, and it was about what? Princesses?
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so these are um, the first three books in my series. I have a few other stories that I would like to publish. Um, yeah, it's called The Adventures of Posh Princess. Um, it's not your typical, you know, princessy book. Um, they love adventures. Um, And each one has a really nice lifelong lesson for the the young readers, such as not judging people based on their appearances, um, facing and conquering your fears, being true to yourself. So um, it's doing very well. A lot of grandparents are buying them for their children, (laughs) for their grandchildren. So it's doing really well.
0: And how do you, uh, how'd you come up with the concept of these different lessons?
2: Um, I think just from being a mom, and seeing my kids go through these things that, um, they have inspired me quite a bit to write these stories. And right. I, it's something that they enjoy reading. So I'm hoping other kids will also enjoy it. So
0: be, be true to yourself, be authentic. Um, and, and this was a posh princess that didn't want to have to play soccer in a gown and, uh, and, and, uh, wore shorts and a baseball cap. Do mm-hmm. you have a, a daughter that was a tomboy and felt uncomfortable wearing uh, gowns or were you a tomboy or, or where did that sort of come from?
2: Um, No, neither one of them were like that, but I think it's just from living and, you know, from things that I've seen growing up, you know, not everybody was the same. Everyone had their own personalities, And I think that's amazing to just be yourself, not try to be something that you're not. And I hope this inspires the young readers to do that, to be true to themselves.
0: Do you think that's a problem with kids
2: today? I do. I think there's a lot of peer pressure, um, a lot of expectation to just kind of go with the group. Um, I don't know, I encourage free thinkers, um, you know, and to be true to themselves. Um, And I do think that's an issue these days. How
0: do you get motivated to either come up with your message or the story?
2: Um, you know what? I'm not even sure. It's sometimes I feel like I dream these things up. Like sometimes, honestly, I wake up in the middle of the night. I have a, a pad of paper beside my bedside with pencil because sometimes I get I wake up in the night and I have these ideas and I have to jot them down. Otherwise, I won't remember them in the morning. So sometimes I can't even explain how they come to me magical I guess
0: (laughs) it's magical
2: yes it's magical I'm full of magic (laughs) but there's
0: I think there's a message there as well about how your brain keeps working at night Mm -hmm. and uh and 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 you know sometimes they're all jumbled up but it is helpful if you remember them yeah
2: yeah absolutely
0: have you always uh been dreaming at night and trying to remember
2: things um not really I would say like uh, a lot of times I do remember my dreams but um, it seems like since I started writing, my dreams have been more vivid. And some of the things I put in my books are actually from my dreams. <laughs> I have a very you, active imagination, I guess.
0: I guess so. Do you write first thing in the morning, late at night, all day long? Do you have a, a, a system?
2: Um, it's, it's usually at night after my kids go to bed. That's how it's always been. And it's always been like the old fashioned way with a pencil and a piece of paper. And then I go over it many, many times, like over the course of a month. And then I will put it into the computer.
0: And why the pencil?
2: I don't know. I like scratching things out. And I don't know, maybe I'm just an old-fashioned girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I find it interesting. People, people that work with a pencil, you know, are are dedicated to getting it right. Versus people oh, okay. that write with a pen, you know, think they can get it right the first time. And it's very rare that you can get it right the first time.
2: Right. Right,
0: for sure. So the interesting thing here is that, you know, you spent 20 years as a as a healthcare uh, professional
2: mm-hmm. and
0: you gave it all up to become a children's book author and um, you found your passion. And yeah, you passion. said you always had an interest in it, but what's what's sort of your, what's your story? What's your example to others? What's your lesson? If someone came to you and said, you know, I always dreamt about being an author, what would you tell them?
2: I would tell them to go for it. If that is their passion, you will find a way to make it work for things to work out. Um, when you when you go with your passion, it doesn't feel like you're working because you're enjoying it yeah. so much and you feel like like this is your calling. This is what you're meant to be doing. When you're doing something like I, I really did enjoy my job. I was a dental hygienist for 20 years. My patients, they were like family to me. I love them. But I felt like I got everything I could out of that job and I wasn't expressing myself the way that I feel like I was born to express myself, to be creative. And I love that. So, yeah, I would just say, follow your passion. You have to live with passion.
0: Now, I've always been very impressed with your father-in-law, uh, John Coutruzzolo. And he, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, is like a developer, a builder. Uh, and, uh, and he has a passion for painting and uh, and and he's ended up doing a fair amount of painting and going on on a lot of courses and he goes to italy once a year to paint does he not
2: yes he one of his best friends actually is also an artist they grew up in their small town of galliatti together and now his friend lives in rome and he has his own art studio so every year they've been getting together probably the last i would say 15 years almost he's been going every year to paint with them and it's beautiful it's beautiful that they've maintained this friendship and they have this this bond through art
0: i'm not sure whether he had any influence on you uh you know having the the freedom to give up your professional job and to go after your your passion but a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't a lot of people feel like they're stuck in this you know nine to five job that's got to pay the mortgage and take care of the kids and all this kind of stuff, and here you've got the example of your father-in-law, and the example of yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. What I was very lucky to have a husband that was very supportive, because if he wasn't, I don't know if I would have been as brave to do this.
0: Okay, but finding a supportive husband isn't the only answer. What's, no, no,
2: I'm just saying in my in my instance. Yes. What's yes.
0: what's what's the what's the secret? How did you how did you figure out what your passion is? And other than having a supportive husband and the example of a father-in-law, what, what was it that was the kick in the pants or the uh, inspiration or whatever you want to call it that had you find your passion? And go for um, it.
2: You know what? I think from a young age, I had this passion. Like I said, my parents, um, they had three stores going when I was growing up. And I, I would work in the store, but I would spend all my time writing stories. <laughs> like I didn't really want anything to do with that. I would be there just to, to watch over but i was always writing stories it's, it's something i think i always knew i wanted to do and eventually i would do it so um yeah i would just encourage everybody to just follow your passion it will work out if you if you don't have that plan b you're almost forced to um to focus on that and make that a success
0: so is it helpful having a plan b or not helpful you know i've I've interviewed some musicians that uh, you know are real estate agents during the day because they're they have to make some money and 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 that allows them to uh, to be an artist at night. But it's almost as if if they didn't have that backup plan, they would be forced to be even more creative and and work even harder at their main thing. So is it helpful to have that plan B or not?
2: I would say scrap the plan B. Put all your heart and soul into your your dream and your passion and just make it work and don't give up. There's always gonna be no's, there's always gonna be closed doors, but you know what, there's gonna be doors that also open and what is meant for you will be there. So if if it's meant to be, I'm a believer it will be and the universe will conspire to make it happen.
0: (laughs) If it's meant to be, it will be. There's a a saying in that. Um, Tell us again, if you could, the messages of your four books. So one is about bullying and showing empathy for the bully and uh, kindness and mindfulness and that that will help the other three what are the
2: messages again um so the very first book in my um posh princess series the message was about um not judging others based on their appearance rather um just accepting everyone for who they are regardless of what they look like um just to get to know them and just accept them for who they are Um, The second book, they um, go on a camping trip, and one of the princesses is is afraid of bugs and nature and all of that. So it's about um, facing and conquering fears, and she does that in the story um, through her exposure, and she realizes, hey, wait, bugs aren't so bad. Um, And then the third one is about um, just accepting yourself for who you are and being true to yourself.
0: Wonderful. Great stories. Could you read a passage from one of the Posh Princess books for us? Sure. Sure. And these are available similarly at uh, online, at Amazon and Indigo and everywhere fine books are sold?
2: Yes, absolutely. They're online everywhere that books are sold. around and the series
0: is called Posh Princess?
2: Yes. So this is the first book, The Adventures of Posh Princess um, at the Royal Palace. Then you have The Adventures of Posh Princess at the Mysterious Campsite. And this is the latest one, The Adventures of Posh Princess and the Magical Fashion Chamber.
0: The Adventures of Posh Princess. What a great name for a series.
2: Yes, thank you. And I've actually included my children. They are characters in this series. (laughs) They were thrilled about that.
0: (laughs) Read us a passage, please.
2: Yes, sure. So calling all princesses, come along with Posh Princess and friends as they take Princess Marlowe, the new girl in school, on a mysterious and magical adventure at Queen Lulu's fashion house. She is not your typical princess. And wearing a dress every day is just not her style. With the help of Sweet Friends and, magic, and the Magical Fashion Chamber, she learns to be true to herself and embrace her uniqueness.
0: Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing this, uh, these four great books and uh, good messages and your, your found passion for being a children's author with us.
2: Oh, I was so happy to speak with you tonight. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. And so it's uh, um, Carolina Cutrizolo, The Adventures of Posh Princess, and the final book, the most recent book, Cool to Be Kind, cool spelt K-O-O-L. Yes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes,
3: counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free
0: anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil.
3: The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com
0: and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Available whenever you can. And and you have a social media website or something like that, that people can follow if they want to catch your newest, the next book.
2: Yes, so my new website is um cooltobekind.net and that's cool with the k and
0: the number 2, bekind.net. cooltobekind.net. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, Brian.
0: Well, that was an interesting uh, chat with Carolina Gutierrezola, uh, a children's book author. We're going to take a break and come back in just a minute with another interesting story. Stay with us. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960am.ca. Well, that was a fascinating discussion about uh, um, an author of uh, some children's books. And now I want to introduce you to her brother, And uh, I think this is fascinating. We've got Giulio Consiglio. He's the author of Challenge Your Thoughts, The Healing Frequency, and his latest book, Open Your Third Eye, uh, releases in June uh, through Llewellyn Worldwide. Uh, Giulio is a former dental health care provider, an educator turned spiritual writer and teacher. Following several personal adversities, Consiglio, while in his early 30s, experienced an unfathomable and life-altering spiritual transformation that resulted in what he describes as an awakening of consciousness. His writings and teachings focus on the transformative, transformative power of inner stillness, the mind-body-spirit connection, and psychic abilities development. Wow. Julia, what were these personal experiences that led to you making these changes in your life?
3: Um, I... Between the ages of uh, 19 and 33, so this is going back to 1991, I began experiencing uh, intense anxiety, and I tried the uh, conventional route, and I, I, uh, reflecting back, I remember saying to my family doctor, I know I have more courage, I would say, in my pinky than, than all my friends combined. I said, but I don't know why I feel this way. I was picking up on a lot of negative energy, and um, you know, we tried the conventional route and nothing worked. Uh, a couple of years later, I, I, w- I went to go and speak with another uh, healthcare provider, and I was actually told uh, at the age of 24, I would be sitting up in my coffin having panic attacks. But what that did to me, y- you would think that would give someone you know more hopelessness. But what that did to me was uh, ignite a fire in me to find answers. So time went on. And despite those negative feelings and negative emotions, uh, I did what most people do. Uh, so I, I had finished my education in the United States and uh, came back and I eventually uh, married my high school sweetheart only to have that marriage crumble 15 months later. Um, during that time, uh, I also lost my eldest brother, my only brother to cancer in 1996. I oh, sorry to hear that yeah and that um, that experience f- further fueled uh, my desire to understand uh, why why sort of things happen the way they do um, Shifting forward a couple of years um, so I had gotten married and then soon as that marriage had come, apart and and crumbled I was given a cancer diagnosis oh my gosh so this was 2004 so you could imagine uh you know I didn't understand it at, at the time but the universe was speaking to me and there was something profound that I was missing and um moving into now the fall of 2005 Uh, I'm going to say this is this was the final catalyst is I went to bed one night and at around 3 a.m. I was I've always been a light sleeper. And at 3 a.m. I sort of awoke to a really, really sort of dark negative presence in the room. And I remember clearly looking at my uh, bed sheet and literally seeing that move away from me. So I got up went downstairs, said a few prayers and uh, came back the next morning uh, to get ready for work. And that is what I would describe as my rock bottom. And I sort of called out looking uh, for another way. And uh, a couple of weeks later, um, (laughs) in between patients canceling, I, I would do what I usually do is jump in my car and, you know, try to relax. And I experienced what, one would describe as an inner shift or an awakening
0: what's an awakening
3: so essentially what had happened was in that in that moment i experienced what's called the activation of the brow chakra or the third eye and in that instant when that activated i immediately experienced what you one would call clarity so i transcended uh, the thinking mind and I, I, wanna, I wanna say this, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with the thinking mind, it, 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 it stores our memories. Um, but for some of us that are incredibly sensitive, those energies can become overwhelming. And it was in that instant when I transcended and I tuned into what it's called inner stillness, the, the quietness uh, is when I realized my true self. I made that conscious reconnection. And so I woke up from the, uh, dreaming, uh, mind or the thinking mind and awoke to inner stillness, which for me has been a direct experience or, or one of inner peace. What was
0: this dark presence that left you that night in your bed?
3: Um, when I, in describing it, I would just, I would, I would say it was negative in nature. I can't say exactly what it was. I know that whatever it was felt to me incredibly dark, and I think I was just sort of caught off. Uh, I was more alarmed. I wouldn't even say so much afraid, but I was alarmed uh, at what was happening when, when I noticed that the sheep being pulled off me. So, so it didn't make sense to me. And having been through um, those other wake-up calls and those uh, challenges and adversities, uh, this was sort of like the final straw. So in essence, it, 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 was, it was my final catalyst. That's, that's essentially what I'll call it.
0: Really incredible. Your, uh, your current book, uh, The Healing Frequency, Transform Your Life Through the Wisdom, Power, and Clarity of Inner Stillness.
3: Is that what you're talking about right now? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so shortly after uh, making that inner shift, I began experiencing automatic writing. So um, I was intending on selling that townhouse where that event happened. And um, I was staying at my sister's house out in Brampton, but I was having to drive back to Hamilton to, to work. And I would jump on the highway And within days of this inner shift, I would automatically start writing. I'd have to pull over and start writing. And I was tuning into um, understanding that um, I I hadn't been aware of of before. Um, At 19, I began reading books on spirituality, but there was no sort of white hot desire at the time. So you read these books, you absorb some of it unless there's that real willingness and desire to, to make it a moment by moment, uh, experience and sort of a direct experience, um, it can't be put into action. So
0: one of your main messages is that you learn from ad, ad, adversity. Tell me about that. How can, how can, how can your message change because of the bad things that you go through in life?
3: so so those those adversities that we experience um, they they are there is great potential in there because uh in the in during the adversity we experience fear a lot of times uncertainty and that desire or what i describe as even a, a contraction of energy uh has the potential if if one has the willingness and the, uh, I don't even want to say the awareness that, that there's a, a, a sort of another more empowering way, because I really didn't know that there was, um, but that desire to shift uh, is there. And what I'll say is during that awakening process, what I ultimately did was I surrendered to myself or I surrendered to life. So something greater than me had to sort of take the wheel because what i was doing and what i had learned as being a human wasn't working anymore
0: what you learned about being a human wasn't working anymore what do you mean by that explain that
3: so so essentially uh, as human beings and and i and i i, I go back to this often is the conditioning that we that we experience coming into this world is one of uh, reaction and also one of sort of living between the past and the future. So we experience memories, we experience uh, emotions. And for the most part, virtually every human being on the planet experiences past and future. So nothing wrong with that. But by the age of, you know, by the time I was 32, I was feeling incredibly stuck. And I felt like I was just repeating uh, my life experience. And it wasn't until I awakened to the eternal moment of now or the present moment that I was able to transcend what I would describe as my own personal suffering, and free myself uh, from attachment and free myself um, from that heaviness and negativity that had accumulated so much. So for me, it was um, personal freedom. Why did uh, that uh, marriage collapse? The marriage collapsed because we were both incredibly unhappy and not having the tools. Uh, as
1: I think, I think the. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: personally, I didn't have the tools. So if if someone had asked me back then, I I didn't truly understand what forgiveness was. I didn't truly understand, um, you know, what it means to share one's life, instead of expecting someone to give you their happiness or putting your happiness in someone else's hands. So you can experience a relationship that's more conscious in nature, when every person or each person is more responsible for their own happiness. So it takes a lot of weight off the other person's shoulders and allows for greater harmony uh, to occur within that relationship. Are you still in touch with her? No, no. It's been over 10 years. It's been over 10 years since... uh,
0: What do you think she would think about your books and your current uh, thinking? Would she think you're a better person or a different person or um
3: if she if if she had if she read the books she would probably get an idea that quite a shift has taken place within me um again it it all depends on how much someone has grown it's it's sort of like awareness there's so many levels of awareness um and it's some at sometimes you could be uh trying to speak to someone or get a message across but if, if if the awareness is really off it's sort of like being on a 75th floor, trying to speak to someone on the fifth floor or vice versa, it, it, there's not going to be that connection or understanding, which this that, that's part of the contrast in this experience we call life. Not everyone uh, is operating at the same frequency and there's perfection in that because everyone has a gift to offer uh, regardless of where they're at in terms of awareness or, or uh, lack thereof. So... uh, there's no judgment in, in that vibration or or in that approach through stillness. It's simply an appreciation of everything and everyone.
0: You've got a new book coming out in June, open your third eye, activate your sixth chakra and develop your psychic abilities. What's this one all about?
3: Uh, So I I had this title sitting in the back burner. Like I have other ones uh, for a couple of years, but the last four or five years, I, I've been experiencing so many um, psychic events and intuitive events uh, and I've experienced mystical experiences, especially uh, near when my brother was passing. I couldn't keep this uh, tucked away anymore. I felt like it. I had to write the book and the book basically wrote itself through me. So what the book is essentially um, enlightenment or higher awareness meets psychic abilities, because the truth is if you're seeking to uh, develop your psychic abilities, you're going to run into enlightenment. And if you're seeking enlightenment, you are naturally going to allow the spontaneous expression of those abilities. Fascinating.
0: And uh, where, where can we find your books?
3: Uh, the books can be found through chapters, through Amazon, uh, the the usual uh, online retailers. The, the This new one uh, will be available in paperback uh, as well in store. And do you have a website
0: that people can uh, track you uh, on or, uh, or uh, social media accounts?
3: Uh, absolutely. So my website is julioconsiglio.com and I'm on Twitter, uh, Julio Consiglio, same with Instagram and Facebook.
0: Julio Consiglio, you know, fascinating. Thanks uh, for joining us and telling us about your books. We're going to take a break and I'm going to ask uh, Julio to sort of summarize what, uh, Uh, the two different uh, people that we've talked to tonight his sister and himself and uh, and how you find your passion in life because it's kind of interesting that both of uh, of this brother and sister have uh, have really found different things that they want to be passionate about than they started out in um, in the dental businesses both of them stay with us Dream us live at saga960am.ca. Well, welcome back to the Brian Crumby Radio. Our, uh, you know, two fascinating young authors uh, tonight. Uh, we're, we've got Julio Consiglio uh, right now, who's uh, writing uh, uh, books and, and has published already books about um, about inner um inner self and and quiet and and uh and psychic abilities and things like that and uh earlier his sister uh, carolina uh Kutruzolu, uh who's a writer of uh, children's books uh was on and uh, and she talked about uh, um a bunch of different um lessons that she had in uh, in the books and julia maybe i could ask you you know both you and your sister you know we're, were involved in the dental business i guess and uh, and did it for uh, 10 or 20 years And then uh, you found a passion in writing. And both of you have messages. Uh, The messages are slightly different. Um, But both of you have messages that you want to give to the world. Tell me about how you came to that realization. How do you find your passion in life? Because so many people are, you know, nine to five jobs, paying the mortgage, taking care of the kids, etc. Which sounds like maybe that was you before you had this awakening. But how do you find this awakening? How do you find your passion? What lessons have you learned? What suggestions have you got? What what can you tell us about that process?
3: Um, what, what I what I would suggest is, before you find what you're truly passionate about, find yourself, and 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 what that essentially entails is uh, inner contemplation and um, meditation. Uh, Inquiring into the present moment—that's uh, where you tune into your. your Wait, hold habits.
0: it! Hold it! Hold it! What do you mean, inquiring into the present moment?
3: So, so uh, most of us uh, don't fully recognize uh, the present moment. So we have past, present, future. Um, but most of us—it's it, in that sort of present moment—that—that that point zero. Uh, where we can tune into inner stillness, which is, is all encompassing, you know, at, at, at the, uh, although we all experience and have had different backgrounds at our core, at our quantum level. So at the level of spirit, um, we are all essentially that inner silent witness, uh, experiencing uh, the thinking mind. And and that, and that's from uh, a spiritual point of view. So Tuning into and and recognizing the inner moment, the mind begins to quiet down and then you allow.
0: Be be practical here. How do you do that? Do you do it through yoga? Do you go for a run in the forest? What
3: do you do? Absolutely. There's several ways you could listen to music. Uh, You could you know, they talk about athletes being in the zone. And what that means is they're just enjoying being in that moment. And that's when they actually perform the best. Uh, the same goes almost for anything. When you're in the moment, uh, that's when you're tuning into um, greater expression of who you truly are. And things just seem to flow. There, there's no sort of resistance. So, so everything sort of flows easier, but regardless of what you're doing. It, it starts with being first.
0: And this uh, happened to you and you learned about it uh, through reading books in your teenage years, but not for 10 or 20 years after that.
3: Exactly. So I'd absorbed nothing in, in reading. It was uh, being going through those adversities that finally, you know, th- that, that final catalyst shook me out uh, of my sort of dreaming state. And I came into the experience of inner stillness. And that's where tuning into that is where uh, my sort of understanding and clarity come through. When I write my books, um, Going back to being passionate, uh, that to me is one of the easiest things to do. Uh, when, when I'm in that zone, um, it's not unlike for me. Uh, for example, my first book was written uh, over seven days, Christmas 2005. The healing frequency took probably 30 days. And, and, and my latest one, maybe a month, month and a half to get the initial writing done. So it, it, it's that that passion comes from loving what you're doing and realizing, OK, so this is my purpose for me personally. And it expresses as a flow. There, there's no uh, difficulty in it.
0: And do you think that's common? You know, your sister's story, I presume. Um, yeah. Did she sort of find her passion in a similar manner?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, her, her, her message is. Is about uh, children being empowered and uh, having having uh, some greater awareness and understanding. And uh, children are 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 they they have that they actually are more connected to to spirit than than most adults are because they still haven't uh, accumulated enough experience. So children actually. Uh, are, are more accepting uh, for, for messages, empowering messages such as hers?
0: You know, I was out on the weekend canoeing on the Credit River and it was a beautiful sunny day and uh, all I could hear were the birds chirping and, uh, and the dip of my paddle in the water and uh, the person I was with, you know, we didn't talk for a while. We just sort of enjoyed the quiet and the nature and the beauty of, uh, of the surrounding uh, river and, uh, and, and uh, tall grass and uh, forest, etc. It was inner peace.
3: That's beautiful. That's what? exactly what I'm describing is just being in that moment and everything is heightened. Uh, you know, you heard the paddle, you know, and, and just everything uh, is sort of raised the level.
0: And then someone else went by on a stand-up paddleboard with a boombox on the front, blasty music. And I was going, why? Why? <laughs> like, if you have to take a boombox out on your stand up paddleboard in the middle of nature, you've you've
3: forgotten the reason why you're out on the paddleboard. You, you just hit it home, exactly. Yeah.
0: Julio Cutrizzolo. No, sorry. Julio Consiglio. Sorry about that. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much. You're very gracious. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we've had uh, great stories from uh, uh, Giulio Consiglio and uh, uh, Carolina Cutrizzolo about uh, all of their books. Go check out some of these uh, local authors. They've got a real message. Uh, and Thank you for joining us. That's the Brian Crumby Radio Hour. I come to you every Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock on uh, 960 on your AM dial. You can stream me online at www.960am.ca. You can get my video casts on Facebook or YouTube on my website, Briancrombie.com. and you can get my podcasts on almost anywhere where podcasts are, on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Audible, on uh, Spreakeasy, etc. Please check me out. Thanks for joining me. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good night.